You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. If you'd like to learn more about the Bearded Theologians, you can go online at beardedtheologians.com, where we have past podcasts, blogs, and a couple items for sale. So check us out, beardedtheologians.com. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this week's show. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. Uh, so this week, uh, for a couple of weeks, we're going to look at um, a series that we call Jesus Engaged, um, where he's going to look at, we're going to look at various stories about Jesus and have conversations about um, how Jesus engaged us through uh, calling us, uh, engaging uh, the outsiders, engaging the insiders, and engaging in miracles. Um, and so this week, we're going to start with um, calling, and uh, what a great way to do that. Uh, in the liturgical season, uh, this is the Sunday that Jesus calls, uh, begins his ministry and calls. Um, and we kind of thought that looking at John 1, uh, cha- chapter 1, uh, 39 through f- uh, kind of 50-ish uh, would be a good place to land today. And so, Zach, as you think about Jesus engaging in the call, um, and in this particular scripture that we've picked for today, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, I well, all of it, right? Like I was just looking through all four gospels and just kind of getting us a there's a there's a call story to the disciples, uh, or the folks to follow Jesus in each in each of the gospels, uh, which which makes sense. Um, no, no surprise there. But what fascinates me the most is um kind of how and in the timeline and who um who's called and in particular since we're talking about the gospel of john today um jesus starts in a couple of places uh starts with um starts with andrew and uh and peter and and the thing that i find the most uh most fascinating not most fascinating but find really interesting is jesus is just kind of doing his thing in in all four gospels um whether it's just being jesus whether it's baptism whether no matter the order in which like mark's gospel jesus heals some folks and then goes and calls some disciples like i i just find that really fascinating in the order of of things and um you know for this particular um uh this particular calling in in the gospel of john i'll just read it real quick 39 he said to them come and see they came and saw where he was staying and they remained with him that day it was about four o'clock in the afternoon and one of the two heard who heard john speak and followed him was andrew simon peter's brother He first found his brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called uh, Cephas, which is translated to Peter. And, uh, you know, John, in John's gospel, it's a little bit brief. You know, Matthew, we get a little bit more story. Jesus is walking along the beach, you know, and they, you know, have these conversations and, and they follow him. And then what's really fun, if we continue on in, in John's gospel, is we get the call for Philip uh, and Nathaniel, which which is much much in a similar vein. But Nathaniel asks, well, who is this guy, right? How do we know? And, and Philip's just like, come and see. And Nathaniel's, okay, and, and goes. And when he sees Jesus, it's, yeah, it's him. 
he's the guy. And so I, I don't know. I just find call stories really fascinating. We have brief, brief kind of st- historical, you know, quick conversations and they follow Jesus. Um, but we, something that I always remind myself and my congregation and, and folks when I teach about call stories is we have to know Jesus didn't go into these blind with these people. I, I think they had conversations. I think they had previous relationships that none of this was just, hey, Jesus showed up one day and now people are following him. I, I think there's some foundational work that Jesus did. And especially with the disciples walking along the shores with them, uh, being in community and relationship with them, uh, I think is an important thing to remember. Uh, and even in the instance of, of Andrew and Peter and Philip and Nathaniel, the, the idea, the invitation to come and see, uh, at the very least, there's still a relationship, um, not only with Jesus in at least one of the individuals, but that relationship carries on and it shows discipleship. It shows, um, uh, gosh, it just shows what an invitation can do, uh, when there's relationship. So, uh, you know, in a very, uh, roundabout way, that's kind of where I'm at on these, uh, stories. <laughs> 2023, you're muted. I love the invitation that Jesus makes of come and see. I do too. Um, and, and I think, you know, as I think about um, where we are in church life and in church history, because we're writing church history as we speak. Um, I think the one thing we have missed uh, lately, as you look back, you know, last 20 plus years is the curiosity of church and mm-hmm. what it really means to come and see. I, uh, I think I'd go further back than 20 years. Well, I know, but it's been a long my time. experience is 20 years. And I can sure. tell you that from what I see, I mean, I could definitely give you some other dates that I would say that that yeah. began to diminish, but I definitely say within the last 20 years, the, um, we have replaced programming with relationships or sorry, the other way around. I was like, I that's sorry, a, that's sorry. good. <laughs> uh, sorry, like that's sorry. I uh, uh, I am uh, short on the coffee today. Um, you probably good. should have probably should have eaten that burrito, so I'd be a little bit more cognitive. Um, but we have replaced um, relationship building with programs, right. and um, I'm troubled by that now mm-hmm. um, because I feel like the invitation that Jesus makes to come and see is to come and see a relationship. And I'm going to show you things that you'd never, ever expected before. Um, it's not come and join my program. Right. Uh, well, it, it, you know, the, the original invitations come and see and the invitation that we've been making in the last uh, X number of years, right. Is build it and they will come, come to what, right. There's, yeah. Um, or I, just, I agree with you or, or just come to program X and you're going to experience sure. Jesus. Sure. I, 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 and I, I've thought of, I've been thinking about this a long time, <laughs> um, not just something I've been in, in, you know, in a new appointment and, and all that stuff, but it's something that has been, um, wrestling at my soul of, um, the church messed up when we moved to programs versus relationships mm-hmm. and, and, um, we should, we should, we are, 
by nature of who we are, uh, or, or what we should be, we should be more concerned about the relationships we're building than the mass that we want to create. There's a difference between the two. Right. Um, because in order to fill mass, you've got to fill it with things. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to build relationships, you will go on a journey with people. Um, and, and, and Jesus's invitation, this call that Jesus makes to these disciples is one that I would, um, is an invitation to come and see and build a relationship with me so that then when it's your turn and you're in charge, you have been built up to then take over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, I think that that's where, I mean, as, as we're thinking about this and thinking about how Jesus engaged you know, he engaged by in the invitation mm-hmm. of of curiosity and coming and seeing and not a program. Right. Well, coming and seeing and then teaching, right? That mm-hmm. that was Jesus's model was to be in relationship with not only the, the disciples, but people. And um, Jesus consistently sends people out. Mm-hmm. no matter what time frame right throughout the all of the gospels it's come and see and now go come and see and now go and from day one jesus is 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 building and teaching towards sending people out on their own sending people out in groups sending people out in community uh to continue not even to replicate but to continue on the relationships they have and to build new ones and we see it with the disciples constantly, especially as we get towards the end of all four gospels and Jesus starts talking about going away. They panic. What do you, what do you mean you're going away? Um, I've, I've been preparing you for this moment. Right. And I think we do the same thing. Even, even when we do it well and we're building relationships, we still struggle with whether whatever leader it is, right. The pastor, the small group leader, a youth director, it doesn't matter when, when there's a, we have a fear of our leaders leaving, uh, cause we're not sure if we can do it without them. And even in the best of scenarios, that's just tough. And, and you and I, as Methodist pastors who move around a whole bunch, we, we deal with it a lot, right? Like we think about it quite a bit, but it's still hard. It's still hard. Uh, yeah. And the only, the other thing that I would add to call story is when, when we read through the gospels, um, not to forget that we too have a story. We too have a call story, um, that probably rhymes quite a bit with, uh, those that we see throughout the gospels and in the new Testament, um, quite a bit. And those, we should tell those stories. Uh, we should share them as often as we can, because I would imagine the people around us feel the same or have experienced similar or are experiencing similar and don't know what to do with it. Right. Yeah. And I think too, that we forget that the call was a continual thing. Yeah. It, it was something you come and see is come and experience mm-hmm. and then make it your decision. Like not even right. like, you know, Jesus never gets to that point of asking, you know, until we get later in the Simon Peter, when he says, Jesus, you know, do you love me? Right. Feed my sheep. Like to me, that's the end. That was the last time that Jesus really like, all right, so here it is. Like, Mm-hmm. feed my sheep, do that. And you know, what's crazy, Peter, I showed you how to do it. 
over and over and over, over, over and again. over and over <laughs> over again. And and so I think for us, like I and I think this is why the engagement of Jesus in the call isn't a one-time experience, and it is an experience to come and see and experience and grow. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that in the church, we've done a really good job of saying, come. Mm-hmm. We have not done a good enough job to say, see, hear, taste, smell, experience. Sure. Sure. And and doing a really good job to say that invitation is continual mm-hmm. and happens over and over again. I mean, it's the same invitation that Peter gets to step out of the boat. Come and see. Yeah. Follow me. Come right? and see. It, it, it's another invitation to follow to go, to be called. Right. And, um, we see it with all, all of the disciples constantly, but all of the people who surround Jesus, uh, it's that you're right. It's that simple invitation of come and see. And we as churches and as leaders and as pastors and people who are involved in things, let's get, let's not only make the invitation, but let's be prepared when people show up. Uh, rather than surprised people showed up, let's be prepared that people are showing up, right? Yeah, and I think it's like, so I love listening to the Unstuck podcast. It does do, it does inspire me and, and gets me thinking a lot um, in the sense of a church leader. And one of the things that they posed in this last week's episode on um, pruning mm-hmm. was talking about like, instead of creating a program that is geared for young families, plan your program that would include young families. Mm -hmm. And so like, if you want young families to be in your worship experience, what are you doing for those families in your worship experience? Are you making necessary things? Are you providing necessary space for young families to engage your church? If you're not, then don't, don't expect any kind of program to bring families into your church for Sunday morning because you're not planning for them. We have to plan. It goes back to call. Like we've got to call. Like we've got to make an invitation to come and see what we're doing. We want you here. And here's what we do to say we really want you here. And 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 be uh be proactive on that and not just be um, you know, we we would have children if we would just do the you know ministry model of children's ministry we've been doing that hasn't been effective for a very long time. Right. Uh, and, and I, you know, that's something that has just, after I heard that it really struck a chord with me thinking about how we can, um, better do that, uh, in my congregation. But then, you know, I think that as, if I have opportunities to talk about that in other congregations, I definitely ask that question because I ask that question a lot is how do we get young families in the church? Well, are you programming for young families? I think that's a, that's a good conversation to have. It is. And, and to go back to the original or not the original, but a conversation we had earlier uh, with programming and relationships, right? Um, have something, have something ready to go, have something already in place, whether families or, or whomever shows up. Right. But that relationship piece, that that's what keeps people around. And that's what grows the, the program or the thing that's going on um, more so than just having something available. Um, because if we just have the program, we're going to see a revolving door of people because there's no reason to stay. Um, there's, there's always going to be something shinier, but if we build that relationship, uh, that's, that's what anchors people in community and, and 
just being together, whether it's whether it's the community at large or church community or or somewhere in between. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. The only reason why I'm in the church today is because of relationships. 100%. Um, it's, it had nothing to do with the youth program or the um, the sermon or the worship style. Mm-hmm. Um, it had everything to do with the relationships that were that I was able to build uh, with people that I now are, you know, like mother, I mean, their family. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. that those are those things that we, um, that's what the church is really about is building uh, relationships. And, and I can truly remember when I was invited to youth group for the first time, uh, I very much was skeptical because church wasn't a thing I did. And why do my question was, why do I need to go? And the answer was, come and see, just come and see, come check it out. Come yeah, check it that's, out. that's definitely, that was definitely what got me in, um, was to come and experience. And, um, but it was also a, um, a true invitation of, of mm-hmm. love and, and acceptance yeah. of me and who I am. And to me, yeah. that was what was, uh, that's what got me here. That's what's kept me here. I mean, it's, it's relationships yep. that are keeping me going. It's, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that's, um, you know, so I think that that's, I think building relationships is really, you know, landing, you know, how did Jesus build relationships? Well, he invited people in, like, I mean, if we're going to, let's sum this up. He invited people in to come and see. He didn't have an elevator pitch saying, Hey, you know, in the next three years, we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. <laughs> right. He literally, and I'm going to show you yeah, that I'm like, the Messiah, like, right? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to heal lepers. Oh, yeah. Hey, let me tell you, I'm, I'm also going to do this thing where I'm going to cast out these demons and these pigs and they're going to jump sure. off a cliff. Um, we're going to feed 5,000 people <laughs> yeah, with five loaves, two fishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to see really cool and amazing things. Like, right. he didn't have to do that. He just said, right. Come and see. And and I think you're right, Zach. I think that relationship that he had built with these people that he was inviting, he knew that they were gonna say yes. He knew mm-hmm. that um, that they were the right people for what he needed to accomplish. Um, and I think we as church folk can learn from that and mm-hmm. ask ourselves, you know, are we building relationships in the way that Jesus built relationships? Right. I like it. So uh, this is. Uh, I think if I'd have to look at the history books, but this is close to the time that we first podcasted uh, um, seven years ago uh, when is. we were doing it through Google, the <laughs> Google Hangouts, and uh, it was very rough. Uh, but it's been a um, and so you know we encourage you to one of the ways that you can support the podcast, and this is actually free, is whatever you listen to it on, leave us a review. Uh, even if you want to leave us five stars and make fun of us, please feel free to please do that. Do. Uh, it's, you know, uh, that's fun too. Um, but, uh, that's, that's like the best way you can support us, share us, like us. Um, another way you can kind of support us, although we don't really make any money off of is, is buy t-shirts. Um, yep. uh, and you can do that through Zazzle. Uh, we've got some links on our website that you can uh, buy certain t-shirts from and, you know, just encourage you to do that. Uh, but we're thankful for you, our listeners. And so for the bearded theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. I want you to subscribe and like this video and put that thumbs, push that thumbs up. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on all social media outlets. You can check out old episodes and more information at beardedtheologians.com. Thanks for checking us out.